Yo, what are you doing right now? Whatever you're doing, let me ask you, do you feel broken, confused by religion, haunted by your past, unsure of your purpose? Do you want to know more about God's truth and His plan for you? <laughs> Guess what? So do we. You're not alone. So let's hang out and let's get real about who Jesus is and who we are as men. We're going to listen to Jeremy, Trey, Michael, and Brad break it down. These guys call themselves the Cussing Christians. All right, guys, I'm turning it over to you. What is going on? I'm offended. How many, how many, how many times do we hear that? I'm offended. I mean, how easy are people offended today? There's like this victim culture now where people like by being a victim or saying that somebody did something to hurt you, now they have an advantage. But growing up, that was never the case, right? No. You never wanted to be the guy who was victimized. Like you want to be in control, be in power. But now they're like, there's a whole class of people. Every every little thing offends them. Man, we could be a sissy, be cool. <laughs> I used to be it's like crazy. an insult man, when I was a kid. Oh, man. I agree. You're right. And how, distra- how easily distracted people be come because of what they read or what comes out of someone's mouth and it automatically turn it around to um, you're hurting my feelings. And, <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I've been, I've been watching the Vikings and last kingdom and all those shows. They ain't no hurting feelings there. You know, there was, there was no hate speech back then. There was no hate speech. They were truth to each other. They were just speaking some truth and you're, you know, shut up. You're going to die. Right. right. Deal. Right. And they had bigger things to worry about than, you know, hate speech and misgendering and whatever. Maybe you just offensive. You just hit the nail on the head. You know what it is? We've gotten life to the point where we now, that's the issue that we need. It's like our being offended, right? Hmm. Up until this point, life was too hard. You know, you actually had to deal with the world. Absolutely. there's no cavemen worried about being offended. They're, right. they're worried about the damn tiger that's going to eat them. Right. You know, I'm right. worried about right. how I'm food on my table yeah. for the next meal. Our culture, where, you know, the, the average or the median income in our country is like 80 grand a year right now. And well, even our poor, even, even our poor rich, because you yeah. go, you know, you just go south or you go east to Africa, the average daily uh, salary is like $4 a day. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that high. I don't think it's that high either. And oh my gosh, you get so distracted and focus on what's right or focus on anything that's important other than, oh, that that offends me. Yep. You get offended if somebody doesn't agree with you on social media or you don't get enough likes. It's like, that's a big thing. That, I gotta that really pisses me off. I put a really good post out there and I get no likes back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you count your likes? I do, absolutely. Do? Right. Oh, 100%. And every t- I'll check it all day. Oh like, it's a good post. Like, I want to see if it's man. a good post according to you. <laughs> according to me. And I know because I'm the expert. You are the expert. Everybody's an expert. And not exactly. according to the people, though. The people have spoken. You only got three likes, dude. That post sucked. Yeah. It's all right. I know you're going to get over You it. and Brad are going to relate to this. <laughs> Jeremy won't. And it, I feel sorry for the so next. It's an old guy joke. Is that no, right? no, no. Ah. I, I just feel sorry for the next Netflix era kids. They, they will never know the high stakes adrenaline of running to the bathroom, fridge, bedroom, in a single break with the beckoning call of a sibling screaming, It's on! <laughs> to send you hurling over the furniture to get back in time. <laughs> It's so true. Is this commercial going to be long enough? Yep. Is this a one minute or a 30 second spot? You know, mm-hmm. 
It had to time it out. Well, it's like, but what about uh, Michelle likes to watch movies at home because she can take a body break. We can just, just stop pause it. it. Pause it. Yeah. Well, what about uh, I remember Friday nights or Saturday nights as a kid. You know, mom and dad would get off work. You, that was the one night we went out to eat. We didn't go out to eat any other night of the week. It was always Friday night. And then you went to Blockbuster and then you got the movie and then you went to turn the movie on and that asshole didn't rewind. Oh, <laughs> you gotta wait. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Those were hard times. But, but, that's a rough life. <laughs> it was a rough life. But I mean, I mean, my kids won't know that. No, right? no, yeah. We Uber the food home, then we turn on Netflix. I mean, it's like everything right now. Do you remember going to Blockbuster? Going there was part of the experience. It was. Oh, yeah. As you strolled along the outside wall to see all the new releases, and in the mm-hmm. center on the rows, they had the more classic, classic mm-hmm. stuff. Well, but I'm going, oh, man, there's only, there's only one more of yep. those left. Better get it tonight because they're never coming back. Well, we'd stand by the, the, the bin where they would drop them in. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, is that, the, you know, is that Top Gun? Is it is it in yet? So you just stand there and wait for them to drop in the next one. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. That's what, uh, like, I miss that. <laughs> what yeah. I feel bad about is that video store back home in Eastern Kentucky that I grew up around that went out of business and I realized I owed them like $100 in late fees. Huh. I wonder if I... Did you ever get a bill? <laughs> of course, but it's your fault. <laughs> then they went out of business like a month later. So maybe you should have collected that a little earlier. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man. That's that's so true. But how, how distracted we are and, and how we don't how we just lose focus and yeah, I give I give a prime example you know right now the past few weeks our media and our culture are focusing on like four things they're focusing on Mickey Mouse and all the stuff going down in Disney they're focusing on the don't say gay thing from yeah which is not what it says it's, it's not, not what it says but you know the, the information that's another thing the information and I don't want to get on a political rant because we try to stay away from that here but and you know worrying about all these woke things, but Vladimir Putin tests a hypersonic missile that we do not have a defense for in our country, and no one's even batting an eye at it. Hmm. You know, yeah, but, I mean, this is perfect for what we talked about today, right? It's like distractions is just, the biggest tool of the enemy. And, and we're, yeah. going, we're going there, baby, because hmm. I've you been distracted. Oh, it's been a it's been a shit show of week. Yeah. And we just got horrible news within the last hour. All you guys know him. One of our dearly beloved Impact brothers is fighting for his life in a hospital right now. His name's Tommy. That's all I'm going to say right now. And the people that I've reached out to that know him, I know Tim, our sound guy, has known him since high school days or even before that. And Satan is so evil in the spiritual battle that we're in in our country right now. We, we have no clue we're in it. And I'm getting tired of Satan distracting us. And, and getting our attention to other things and to steer our brothers off offline and walk away. And so that's for those of you that are listening, we, we're making a pivot based on something just happened to us in the news we just got today. And then, and this week's Grace for Man podcast was about Satan's house. And I actually went through the, the Satan's house exercise. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brad and I have done that as a skit before. And but it's so true. And evil's not even being hidden anymore. It's not even being hidden, and people I mean, aren't even recognizing it. Sucking blood, and you know, back in the day when we were kids, evil, especially in the movies, is like he didn't know the average Joe was into you know worshiping. Satan until you walk in his house and then pentagrams on the wall. It's out in the open now. Yeah. Satan's not hiding anything anymore. No. And it is so rampant and it's it's exploding everywhere and we're seeing it. We've had people commit suicide, Tommy going through what he's going to, and it's 
the heat is turning up. I feel it. You know, Jeremy and I've talked about it before, how things just speed up before the death mm-hmm. of something. And it just seems like we are spinning out of control and how God describes Satan in Ezekiel three is the most crafty serpent that was created. It's so true. And right when we think we get things figured out, guess what? He can't hurt you. He can't go after your wife anymore. He can't do this. Guess what? I'm going after your kids now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make them sure. depressed. And we got five out of 10 teenagers now we're saying they have depression signs. And you've got fifth and sixth graders saying, I think I'm, don't call me he or she anymore. And I'm, I'm boiling. I'm about fed up. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm losing. I'm kind of losing a little bit. So I asked my brothers to bring, steer me in. Let's just talk about a little about who we're talking about here. Okay. So just so we can insert some scripture, I got Ezekiel chapter 28 and um, I'm going to read from verse uh, 12 on for a little bit. You were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Sardius, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, sapphire, emerald, and car- carbuncle. I guess that's an amazing, that's amazing stone. Carbuncle is not yeah, a carbuncle. All crafted in gold. They were the side of the boat. I'm sorry. All crafted in gold were your settings and your engravings. And on the day that you were created, they were prepared. You were an anointed guardian cherub. I placed you. You were on the holy mountain of God in the midst of the stones of fire you walked. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created. Sounds like a pretty amazing dude, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Well, he was one of the archangels too. Yeah, that's 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 Lucifer before he was cast out. He would have been great on social media. Oh man, he did look good, sound good. Yeah, he was super flashy. Minister of music. Yeah, Mm -hmm. musical dude. Yeah, your heart was proud because of your beauty. He was known as the most beautiful angel. Hmm. So he appealed to all your senses. He appealed to everything. And we went through that exercise a couple of years ago. But man, why do we keep going back to our sin? Why do we keep going back to the vomit? Why are we so easily distracted and allow him to distract us and not keep our eye on the ball? So I'm a little frustrated today because of the news on Tommy. I know Tommy struggled with a lot of things. Um, this, Whether this was a result of those things or not, I don't know yet. We still have more to go. Someone so young to suffer this massive hot heart attack it, and uh, not looks like he might not make it it's, it's just really bothering me somebody is so close to us he knows Jesus he you know does that. know Jesus hmm. in a big way when you told me today about well you called me and told me about Tommy the first scripture that came to mind was Ephesians 6 and it talks about being strong in the Lord and power of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And this is the one that I've got underlined. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So we are in a battle. And after that, scripture talks about putting on the whole armor of God and we know what that means. And we were just talking about, uh, you know, the Vikings and the last kingdom and the things like that. They were prepared. They had the armor. They had, Brad, you were talking about how they knew how to defend and the things that they would do to keep from being flanked. And Hudson today talked about how our modern warfare is based on the things that they used to do. Mm, and that was done in 900 BC, uh, AD. Right? right. And I think the movies like The Patriot, where you see the uh, they line up against right in front of each other. And, and it's like they let their muskets go and whoever gets shot and who 
it's like, how stupid can you be? And now I need to reload while he's aiming at me. Yeah, Yeah. that type of warfare. So there's two types of fight. Either you're going to fight intelligently and strong, or you're going to fight like an idiot. And I think Christians today are not fighting strong with intelligence, and we need to get to that point. Wow. I want to dive into that a little deeper because right now I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. As, as a whole, as Christians, how hard are we fighting? Do we truly know, do we truly get who what all this means has happened to us? And I'm not pointing fingers. I'm trying to be judgmental. I'm just trying to state some things because I'm trying to figure them out. But dang, guys, I'm, I my heart aches and as part of it. I get it. But we know how all this ends. Why are we walking in more boldness and not letting Satan pick at us? Because he has no power over us Mm -hmm. ever again. But he still, as sneaky as can be, tries to find a way to get under your skin any way he can to keep you from understanding who you are in Christ. And it just seems like, man, the closer I get to somebody, the more he fires up, fires away. Why do we continue to listen to the world's message that is being shoved down our throat? Instead, why don't we put forth the message of truth that we have to conquer Ephesians 6? Mm -hmm. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. When I old enough now that I realize that and you're experiencing it the last couple of days, your fight isn't against those things that you were telling me about. Your fight is against the principalities, the stuff that's coming around you. When somebody flips me off in traffic or rides my butt or whatever, and I can choose to let that go or not let that go. And you today, <laughs> just today, I'm like, oh, I'm getting out of this. The light, the arrow hadn't even turned green. I mean, it just went green arrow and we got beep, beep. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> he saw me. Yeah. And, he, and he was, uh, I was ready to open the door. <laughs> and, he, and he just turned, went down the road. And this dude flew around us and flew in front of us. And okay, our fight isn't because that was one more dig to you today to light your fire and you didn't let it happen Mm -hmm. because we had talked earlier about what we need to do as far as fighting those fights and it's right here this is our putting on the full armor yeah well part of the part of the full armor right is wisdom right and knowing when there's a time and when it isn't time right because there's not always a time to fight ecclesiastes that's where they talk about this as well ecclesiastes 3 there's a time for everything right the timing of the fight is just as important Hmm. as the fight itself right Mm -hmm. and to your point opening up the door and having this conversation with some guy that doesn't care about who you are anyway right yeah right like that's not gonna do anything so your wisdom or not yours his yeah, but <laughs> yeah, we, we've seen how Mike handles. We've seen how Mike handles that. Your wife told us exactly who. <laughs> but the point is, is, at some point in time, you have to pick your battles and like figure out when exactly is the fight worth the fight, right? Mm-hmm. And that's and when is it your will versus God's will? Sometimes it isn't your God's will that you fight that fight right then, mm-hmm. but it's your will that you fight it. So it's it's a it's a tough balance, right? I mean, to, to find that wisdom and when to make my and my wife and I talk about it too as much as we want to equip our kids and that's what I'm scared for right for me again I think we've talked about this before something happens to me tomorrow I live to life and I'm whatever I know where I'm going but my kids that's that's the fight that I'm scared for right is as a parent you have to equip them for the world right and I know some folks have put their kids in private schools and done things like that to protect them and that's their choice right for me though that's not that's not for me right I, I want my kids to learn how to live in this world so we want them to live in it and we try to prepare them but then you also have to be careful that by preparing them you don't make them target so it's an interesting, what you're talking about, it's really interesting because how do you balance it? And the thing, they are 
so focusing on indoctrinating our children that you have to deprogram when they get home yep. and mm -hmm. tell them what the truth is. Yep. We knows we know that this is the truth. There is no no other religion, no other whatever you want to label it. There is no truth other than what this is. That Jesus came, he died, and rose again. Period. And so I stick up for the truth. I'm a type of person that I hate injustice. Yeah. I hate when things are not right and, and things are happening to people that are not right. So I stand up to that. I will always stand up to this no matter what. And I think that's what we have to start doing as Christians is say, look, in love, mm -hmm. I don't believe what you're telling me. I don't right. believe what you're telling me because I know the truth. Mm -hmm. And that truth has set me free. Well, and by the way, because I say that, that doesn't mean I'm a bigot either. No, no, exactly. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and have you tell me what's right and wrong. I'm, I'm going to love you for who you are. Man. Don't tell me what's right and wrong. Yeah. But another thing to think about, we've all been down the road that the world says we should go down. We've all listened to those things. We've all participated are, yes, in yes, those yes, things. And yes. we know it doesn't work. So now here we are believing the word, reading the word. And we're like, this works. The other stuff didn't work. So there's other people maybe that haven't been enlightened yet or whatever. They haven't had that aha moment with God yet. So we can help point them to that and say, this is, you know, look, I've been where you are. That sucked. That didn't work. Now I'm, I'm reading the word. I believe God, and this is working for me. One of the things I try to remember too, is I'm thinking of like persecution or and persecution, you know, it could be spiritual in nature. It could be physical in nature, whatever it might be. But as I always think of uh, the story of Job, when Satan had to go up and ask God permission, I just, I picture that in my mind that whatever's happening is because he's been given permission to let that happen. Right. Right. He's not allowed to do anything without permission, which means that everything's by God's plan. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, then <laughs> I'm good because I still believe that I uh, believe in God and God's on my side, then who else should I fear? You know? he's, he's sovereign. I thought about this a while ago. What if, I mean, what if God was obligated to answer every prayer that we prayed? What if he was obligated to heal everybody that we wanted healed, mm -hmm. to fix every problem that we had? It's like, well, then he wouldn't really be in control anymore if he was beholden to our requests. So in his wisdom and his sovereignty, he answers how he knows is going to be best for us. And sometimes that doesn't mean you know, that means I may not get healed. My loved one may not get healed. So sometimes things that we see are negative. God has a bigger plan. He sees the whole picture. Right. He's sovereign. He's all wise. So it's not going to look the way, always the way we want it to look. When you get what you want, that's God's direction. When you don't get what you want, that's God's protection. Hmm. Hmm, that's good. And I wrote that down the other day, and I don't know where I heard it, but I probably said it. But you know, if it was wise, it definitely came from Brad. <laughs> if it was a smart ass comment, it came from me. <laughs> if it was undermined, it came from me. <laughs> and he's got a Texas draw, it came from that guy. So um, easy. <laughs> that's why it's so important, Trey, when you're saying these these errors are being loosed in your direction and you're getting hit by them left and right, and you're looking for this and that. If you watched like the, the Spartan when they battled and I, that, that movie 300 is based on a real event like that that really happened and what they knew is they had to get to that passage and if they got to that passage then they could actually hold these people off while the defenses came because they knew that the way they would fight the battle was with their shields and they would make a wall essentially out of their mm -hmm. shields and they could hold them and that would give them a chance right the reason i'm bringing that up is that's why it's so important that we have brothers in the room like Michael, like Brad, like you, you know, to call each other. And it's not just your shield anymore. Now you got everybody else's shield to hold up too. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the important piece because that, and I think that's the difference when you start working groups like impact, and this isn't just about impact, but it, it is right. That's how you get through it, right? God puts us all together, puts us in unity together so we can get through life together. And while his plan is worked out, right. Mm -hmm. And comfort each other and guide each other. So, and in terms of Tommy, that you said that chef is if we wouldn't have rallied behind him, 
and brought him in and told him the truth and constantly called and brought him. He was at the breakfasts and he knew the truth and he knew the word and he was full of joy when he talked about Jesus. If impact wasn't there for them, he would have never known that hmm. ever. Yeah, you got a point. You do. And it's, that's because of impact and that's because of you. I appreciate that. You, you think about Jesus's words in John 10, you know, he says, truly, I say to you, I'm the door of the, sh- I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will be going, go in and out and find pasture. Thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and live it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And then the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Okay, so a couple of things to unpack here. Number one, just talking about impact and talking about you guys and how you guys are there. You're not leaving. You're there to rally and to rally around and to protect each other. Of course, the thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy is is a very, very much quoted Bible verse. How does he do it? Slowly. Slowly and subtly. He makes things look good that aren't. Well, going back, he, he appeals to our senses. He appeals he's, to our senses. He's the father of lies. So right. he's going he's gonna to lie to you, whether it be through people or your own pride. Right. He's going to come at you through that visually and, and in an audio way as well. We, you know, we've got so many men that, that we work with or are brothers of ours that have overcome things from their past or overcome addiction or overcome, you know, whatever it is. And the ones that kind of fall back on things, just thinking, man, he... He got him to do it again. Hmm. How sneaky is that dude? I know we learn and grow in our knowledge and and his grace uh, ends up steering us away from that. But man, we, I just don't think anyone has a full clue of the formal, how formidable this evil is that is out there everywhere now uh, attacking. Started with destroying the family. Yeah. Back in the day, you didn't, none of this would have been accepted. None of it. And now it's, all being imposed on us as truth. Right. And it's not. And if we don't accept it, then we're called every name in the book. Well, go ahead. Call me every name in the book. I don't care. I'm not going to not defend what I believe in, which is on this podcast. We've talked so many times how it can't be disputed. So bring it on. Jesus, you know, Jesus talks about in this passage that if you, if you don't own the sheep, you, you run and you see the wolf coming. But now people don't even notice the wolf's even there. Does that make sense? Yes, am I, am I saying it right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, we're having such the lines are so blurred now between good and evil and 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 truth and truth. And that's what that's what that's exactly where he wants to play, man. I'm going to do it. I'm going to divide you. I'm going to find a way to separate the information that you receive via social media. And those of you that lean left, you're going to get left stuff. And those of you that lean right, you're going to get right stuff. And for both of you, you're going to think you're so right. And the division happens. And boom. Yeah. I think, if, again, if you're not rooted and grounded in the word, a lot of that stuff is blurry. And we've talked before about how the word is an anchor. When you know the word, when you read it, you're, you're not as swayed as easily. That's true. Some of these things, because of things that, that, that are passing as truth now, five years ago, would you'd be laughed out of the room. Right. But now there's things that are being passed off as truth by a lot of people. And people are going, well, maybe they're maybe they're right. Maybe that's true. But the word of God doesn't change. And it's it's been true forever. And it's true now. So the more we read it and know it and believe it, the more we can we can be those voices to stand up for truth. Mm-hmm. Good point.
Well, it just man, it's, it's just it's just on my heart is you you three three of my best friends and and not so many guys that know this guy well and just I'm just I'm just reaching out to that brother that might be listening and, and might be swayed and just uh, put the filter of. Instead of CNN or Fox or NBC, go to GTN, God's Truth Network. I wish I'm holding in my, my hand right That's now. Nice. You know, and I'm glad you spelled that out. I was a little lost. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, 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 it's like I haven't heard of that translation. Mr. Uh, West Virginia. That's a, that's a new translation. That I, thought the, new, the, the new new, I thought it was a new news channel. Yeah, GTN. GTN. Five, seven. God, God's, God's, God's Truth Watch Network. God's <laughs> network. <laughs> that's where you want to listen to the Roman Catholic priest <laughs> sing his sermon or whatever. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> that went downhill quickly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Talk about distractions. That's crazy. Quiet, asshole. But yeah, you said something earlier while, while I was going through my struggles, because I, I got a few little struggles going on right now that's really weighing heavily on me in my heart. And, and it's it's close to the matter and personal. But uh, you were just talking a little while ago when we were in the car. I'm not sure if you even caught it, but you were just talking about how the art of distraction is Satan's. That, that's his new ploy. Hmm. It, is I'm going to get you to focus on this over here for a while, and I'm going to sneak in and attack your kids. Hmm. You got that pornography thing, ha- pornography thing handled or whatever, but you know there's another angle that I'm going to try to commit. But his art of deceiving us and getting us distracted on something else that leads to adverse events from the other side to me is is just huge. And I, I see it with our media, and I see it with the cancel culture, and I see it with the woke guys and and, and all that. And I don't want to get too political, but but it just well, it's unfortunate because a lot of what you're talking about in the you don't want it to be a political topic. He's using politics yeah. against us, right? I mean, that's just the fact. Like the fact is, is that what you're talking about that tends to be left-leaning subjects, whether you like it or not, pick a, pick however you want to say it. But the reality is, this book tells us very clearly that a lot of what's being passed isn't. It's not political for me, right? It's, it's a. It's <laughs> the book's clear. These things are not acceptable. They happen to be on the left, right? Exactly. Now you can choose to not be on the left, right? Now that's up to you, right? It's not supposed to be political at all. But whether you vote for and how you vote and how you cast your ballot, that is a use of God's resource, too. I know right? what, yeah. So if you're going to vote for it, then you're going against what it says. And that's up to you. But you got to answer for that sometime. Right. Yeah. Again, not making it political. It just happens to be that way. Right. right. I mean, that's how magic works. I've been thinking about the whole time. Like, uh, slide, 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 slide. And the thing, who's this? David Copperfield, when he would move a jet, you know, disappear a jet. It was just mirrors. <laughs> well, I think all they did was move the camera down when he was doing it on TV. Hmm. Well, they, so, showed, they showed it. It was they he put the bars up. Okay. And then when they flip it, it was mirrors that would flip, and then the mirrors would just hide it, and make it look like it's not there. The jet was sitting there the whole time. Because <laughs> you know he can't it's move the jet. An illusion. Yeah. yeah. So it's all yeah, illusion. Pretty girls. It's not real. Watch this, but don't watch what's going on over here, and that's what's happening, and that's what happens to all of us. And the whole what was it sixties thing? You know, if it feels good, and uh, that's what everybody's doing. If it feels good, do it. You can be whoever you want, anytime you want. Those damn hippies. I know. <laughs> Still, yeah. I was too young for the hippie movement of the '60s, and now it's come uh, full circle back around. Well, I mean, what he, you know, for you, part of what it sounds like he's doing, he, he does to all of us, is he tries to get you on a multi-front war too. Oh my! You, know, you got to keep all these things juggled all the time. It's doing plates. Yeah, got to spin the plates. Jay, you miss that plate. You're a failure if you don't have that plate stay up there. You're gonna let down God if you don't let that stay up there and get it done. Well, I think it's important for people to hear this: is that you're not gonna do everything perfect, right? And we're not, you may make 
big mistake and, and whatnot. But you have to remember too that that's what grace is all about. Is remembering in times like this that that's where your safety's at. Is under that blood and under His protection, right? So at some point you have to say, "Hey, it's on your feet. I'm laying this down at your feet now. Right. I, I can't handle my friend's addiction. I can't handle or save my friend's life. I can't because what's happening is in our heads we're going I I I instead yeah. of you you you. And that's exactly where Satan wants you is looking at I I I because you is an I yeah. <laughs> you can't fight it. Uh, he was God's number two. Right. Well, if God's number two is who you're against, then God's pretty damn good. Yeah. Like, I'm not even close to number two. No. I don't know. You got some brilliance you're about to pop on me. Well, okay. So this is a passage that has really helped me get through some difficult times. Second Corinthians four, uh, verse eight, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. So right there, it's talking, I mean, it's acknowledging, perplexed, but not in despair. It's like acknowledging that, yeah. that, that we are feeling the effects, right? We're hard pressed, but we're not, but we're not crushed. Right. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. So yeah, those effects are real. We're feeling it, but it's not ending us. No. And then for Further down in verse 16, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Yeah. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is unseen, or since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So, so we talked about that. Yeah, the big picture. All of, yeah. We 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 know how it's going to end. We know where we're going to go. We know our salvation is secure. But but it's also giving us hope for for now, even when we're attacked and we're perplexed and we're crushed. Right. But but we're not destroyed. Right. And we can't be destroyed because of who lives inside of us. I mean, it's it's. It's physically and spiritually impossible. Right. Yeah. And to walk with that mindset is a good thing. And I probably need to do the, the past hour. I had been walking that mindset. So and I think back to how your week started spirit airlines. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Hey man, we, we're going to be flying on them for quite a while with these free, uh, free money they gave us. And then where did it continue? We won't go into it. Yeah. It hit, it hit closest to home. Right. Yeah. So that instance that you were, Surrounded by yeah, no, it, was, it was it was flying, man. It and was then flying. It just it continued all week, and it's just waiting for me to have an adverse reaction. So at those points, just come back to your first love, whether it's through praise and worship, whether it's through quiet time, whether it's through just getting away and going night, you know, fishing on the beach. Yeah, just get back to your first love, and that's Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where it starts and ends, and that's where He started and ended for us. And in, in this book, we do we love so much. Wow, I feel like I just vented for an hour. Um, where, where, where are you guys in this spiritual battle? I mean, what is there any confusion or clarity or whatever that we've uh, unraveled a little today to get you to think a little deeper about it? I mean, how do, I mean, you talked about what's unseen. I mean, how do we, how do we as Christian guys that that are that are out and about and working with our families or people or whatever, how, how do we get them to think about that unseen thing in a deeper mode? I think opening up a spirit of communication as opposed to confrontation, laying the groundwork for people to come to you and ask you, why do you have so much peace? What is it about you that yeah. that reflects love? Like you said, I'm not a bigot. Mm -hmm. I still love you. Yeah. But being able to open up that, that lines of communication with people and giving them an opportunity so that they feel like it's, they can freely come to you or they can ask you anything about why it is it is that you believe what you believe. 
I think just being real, man. I think sometimes, you know, that's part, that's half of what's wrong with the world, right? Is Satan doesn't want you to see what's real. Half the time the church doesn't act real because we want to act like we're holier than thou and like we don't sin. And if you sin, you can't be in the church or and all this crap. And it's, that's just a bunch of load of shit, really. Like the reality is, and that's what's so important about this podcast, how it even got its name. We wanted to be a bunch of guys that are just real, right. talking real. And real Christians have real conversations. Like don't hide behind your Christianity. You're still a human. <laughs> And you need other people and we need to have real conversations. And if people can hear us being real and not you know, holier than thou or hiding the truth or and standing behind it, it's going to make or an impact. Saying a cuss word in front of the guys that just came off the street. Come yeah. on. <laughs> Seriously. That's that's the most important thing you got out of your whole message. Yeah. Bull crap. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen, that that's fine, right? I, I, that's my point, though, is you gotta just go be real out there in front of the world and be and that's what the truth is. The truth is reality. So don't try to be a truth that's not real. Right. Huh. Well, I think also being confident that we know the truth. So you, you don't panic if somebody says something. You're not easily offended because we know the truth. So we, we, we're in a sense where we, we project that, that we're secure in that. So I think that, too, is a big testimony. People are going to go, man, that guy didn't get like he didn't freak out. Yeah. You know, he didn't get offended. Like, he like didn't jump out of the car. He didn't jump out of the I car. I didn't. I looked in my rearview mirror. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you. <laughs> we almost had another low story. Uh, yeah, it was close. <laughs> But you bring up something, and I might have said this before, and, and I had I heard a pastor somebody say this one time. You know, I probably said it. You probably it was it was that brilliant that came out of your mouth. But I, for those people that are saying I'm easily offended by what you're saying, if you're truly in Christ, how can anything anyone says to you offend you? Because you're free from yourself and your old way. So that how can I? I'm free from what ever comes at you, and you can't touch me with it. Mm, good know? point. And I just I'm not sure about talk to y'all about that before, but that those words really hit true with me. And it's a couple of years ago, I heard it. If I'm, okay, whatever you say to me is not going to offend me. But you know why? Because that old me would have been offended. I'm not that old me anymore. I got the Holy Spirit of God living in me. So you can say whatever you want. I'm not going to take offense to it. And also say whatever you want. You're not going to offend me. And maybe we can find a good solution from it. Yeah. You know, so and that goes to what you said. It's just having that, that a lot of communication. I think some people expect church, church people or Christians, they expect us to be easily offended. Cause I think, I think that was our image back, back even 10, 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> that was the image, man. We were easily offended. We were protesting this and that. And so people expect it. So if you don't react that way, they might be like, hmm, something's different. I, I heard I was talking to a friend of mine who is, I think he's 89, still sharp as a tag. I'm not going to mention his name. Well, you know I am. His name's Murph. I going to say it. Cool. It was one of those days where we didn't have a great turnout for a morning group. And it was just three of us around the table. Yeah. And we just started talking about how easily people are offended and how he went to a church when they repainted the background of the stage. They painted it black. Ooh. And the uproar. Oh, my God. <laughs> demonic colors behind the oh, stage. No. And I'm not going to that church anymore. Uh, uh, that offends me. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Just reminds me of my great grandmother throwing away my rubber snakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you were in West Virginia, man. That was yeah, that true. Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, I love y'all so much. I appreciate you letting me vent and get that out. So do we want to live in sanctification because salvation is instantaneous. Yep. San sanctification takes a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So how many of us want to 
spend the time to do that because of its not an instantaneous thing. And so pleasure is satisfying our selfish needs at times. And when you have a relationship with Jesus, and I've told you this so many times, yeah, it took you so many years to get to this point. It's going to take you a few years to get away from that. And that's sanctification. It's going to take time. In fact, it's going to take a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's just an interesting, interesting point that, that you guys both brought up because you look at how many things in the world are, you know, the instant gratification, impulsive pleasures, you know, things that you get right away, but like the Christian life sanctification, knowing that we're going to heaven, that's like a long game. I mean, it's a lot of that stuff is, is a long ways away. And it just seems like there's a lot of discipline involved, a lot of restraint involved, you know, living the Christian life. So you're not always giving into those impulsive, immediate things mm-hmm. that are going to give you that uh, whatever the dopamine hit or the rush that you get instantly uh, from the things in the world. Right. Well, especially from, you know, we're, we're in this human condition, this earthly condition. From that vantage point, it seems a long way out. Yeah. But if you think about eternity. Right. We're, we're not even a speck of dust on that spectrum. Yeah. yeah. And we have to remind ourselves of that sometimes, I think, and look at it from a godly perspective, not a humanly mm-hmm. or earthly perspective. Well, guys, I appreciate uh, the time as we turn this around and put a bow on this thing. Uh, Just around the horn, the spiritual warfare battle that's going on, advice for that guy that just doesn't get it or he's thinking about it, what is going through his head. I have all these questions about how Satan's operating, and I learned a lesson that I'm going to share at the end, but from you guys today, but um, just how crafty he is and how we always have to be aware and use discernment. What What's just a, a word of wisdom? I can't imagine going into battle without the Lord. Mm. I can't. Any battle. Because he says it's his to fight. And nowhere in this book has he ever lost. Mm. Ever. So I'm thinking I'm going to put on my armor. And I'm going to pray like he says I'm supposed to. The battle is his, and I'm going to let him fight it for me. Amen. So we appeal to him. We focus on him. He asks us to do what we need to do by putting on the armor, but he's also there. He's the general, and he's going to lead us. So mm-hmm. no, I'm good with that. All right. What about you, brother? I think you pretty much summed it up. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I'm amazing, too. Brad <laughs> the uh, I know, Michael right? said it. Next yeah. thing you know, you're going to be at the gym within the 5 in the morning working out, <laughs> Come getting on. his guns. No. <laughs> What about that? I'll watch. You know, it's <laughs> your coffee. <laughs> your words hit me true, Michael. I lost focus on seeing today how I could fix things that are happening. And I lost focus, you know, when I got the call. My first thought was, holy crap, Satan picked off another one. But that's that's false. Right. Because Tommy knows who Jesus is. And I, my prayer is tomorrow. He's still going to know who Jesus is. And, you know, he wakes up tomorrow. It's going to be fine. And God's still in control. And, and he, he, he wasn't surprised by control. this. My focus has to be no matter what on him. And this armor of God that Michael so eloquently said, talked about a second ago, you think about all of these pieces of armor that Paul writes about here. Every one of them is a trait of Jesus. Hmm. The armor is Jesus. It's cool. You know, it is Jesus. So I need to look at that whole section of Ephesians 6 and just say, I'm just going to put on Jesus every day. 
I'm just going to lean into Jesus every day. So, I like it. Guys, we just, uh, just thanks so much for following us, listening to us. Uh, as you can set, see, we're, we're four regular guys that get around and uh, talk about this every week, the custom Christians, when it comes out and, uh, the grace for man podcast comes out as well. I wanted to bring to your attention just real quick. This new uh, series we're doing is called a letter to myself. You can uh, listen to our podcast from last week. And, uh, you can also see on our website at www.impactministries.org. That's MPAC. Ctministries.org. And uh, we, we would love to hear from you because we would like to talk about your letter to yourself and maybe get you on one of these two podcasts to go over and talk about it and dive in deeper into who you are as a Christian man and who Jesus is in your life. So uh, think about that. See the information on the website and uh, also on the podcast is every month we're going to be talking about a letter uh, and uh, that we write to ourselves. We're going to we're going to dive biblically into it and just uh, get real with each other about what's in our innermost being. So with that said, also our podcasts are made possible because of people like you. And we just appreciate you listening in and would love it. If you, when you're on the website, click on that give button for your tax deductible donation. We would love to see it as well as, as well as checking out our Facebook's uh, Instagram, our social media. So you're not alone. You got another brother that, that has experienced exactly what you're experiencing now. Like today it was frustration and uh, I got some guys to hash it out with and, um, and make that frustration level go down. So don't forget there's a battle out there all the time. Don't let anybody fool you or be distracted by it. Understand who you are as a Christian man walk, walking in this world today. It'll make it a lot easier for you. Uh, any other thoughts before we shut down? That was you about to say something. Right. You did that little lip that little lip smack thing. I thought you were going to give us something really good. All right. After 10 years of marriage, my wife expects me to think I know what she's talking about when she says, you know that guy that does that thing that lives over, you know, and that's and, it. And uh-huh. you know exactly what she's talking about, right? I tell my wife all the time, you test her over the car for 12 years before you bought it. You can't be disappointed how it rides. Well, she keeps telling me to get in touch with my feminine side, so I went out and wrecked the car today. Get out. We're going to shut that one down. <laughs> and, so, uh, and then I ignored that. Uh, with that said, I'm Trey. I'm Mike. I'm Brad. I'm Jeremy. Hey, we are the Cousin Christians. It's a little crazy today, too. Oh, my gosh. He's going to Gary Merkel in the back. Shit. Yeah. He's coming back. He's coming back. That's all you did. You did much with it.